Welcome back to Down for the Count, ladies and gents. I am one-fourth of your co-host, Tiffany E. And on behalf of Alexis, Janae, and Nicole, welcome back to the show. Now, this week is going to be a special week because one of our co-hosts, Alexis, lost a very dear friend to her to her and her family. His name is Jay, and he passed away very recently. So we dedicate this episode to him, and you guys are going to hear the 10 bill salute for him. And then we're going to move into the episode so rest easy and our condolences to jay's family and friends and um just a little psa that covid is real please wear your mask get vaccinated if you can um and if you're not going to be vaccinated then at the very bare minimum try not to go out into public spaces where there's a lot of people try to keep yourself as healthy as possible wear your mask and as always be respectable and kind to everybody because a little kindness goes a long way okay with all that being said the tim bell salute is coming up next and then we're going to dive right into this episode again this is the fallout of the playing ride from hell and we're going to talk about rick flair we're going to talk about brock lesnar we're going to talk about it all and we're also going to talk about some other things that occurred on social media in regards to this tidbit of information that we saw from dark side of the ring so with all that being said i hope you guys enjoy this episode of down for the count and this will be the last time that we talk about the plane ride from hell Welcome back, everybody, to Down for the Count. This is a special episode of not only Down for the Count, but So What Happened Was. I'm the wrestling historian, Alexis, and with me tonight are Tiff and Nicole. Janae's going to try to pop in later. Uh, Y'all say hi for me. Hi. I swear there's two of them. (laughs) Nicole. Hey, guys, not here. <laughs> we can hear you now. Yeah. I think something's going on with your internet. Or your phone data, one of the two. Yeah. Hello? There oh, you okay, go. sorry. There you are. All right, so she's here. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get started, uh, two things. Number one, this episode tonight um, is... In memory of a really good friend of mine, Jay Hensley, he passed away today um, due to complications with COVID. Um, Jay, you're going to be missed, and this one's for you, my, my friend. I love you. Um, second of all, we are going to be talking about the plane ride from hell. We've all seen the uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode on it, and hopefully y'all have watched or watched, listened to our podcast episode that we did on it. And uh, there's just a few loose ends that we are going to talk about, some corrections that need to be made, and then we're going to have a conversation. Um, Before we start, 
and I need to start doing this more often. So I apologize for not setting up trigger warnings or just warnings in general when it comes to my show. Um, we are going to be talking about sexual assault. And if you are uneasy with that, uh, you may need to skip this and read the cliff notes that everyone's been leaving on Twitter. Uh, so let's just get started on this crazy ass thing. Um, so I got to admit, I was wrong on some things. Um, of course, the first thing is that they weren't just stranded for an hour. They were stranded for seven hours in the airport. So that was on me. Now, here's a big one that's kind of been dividing the internet. Now, when I was doing research, some media outlets and videos said Vince was on the flight and Michael Hayes peed on Linda's leg. Other sources said he was not on that flight. But now ever since the episodes came out, have y'all noticed a lot of wrestlers who were on that flight, their stories are constantly changing. Because before, Not surprising. Before it's like, oh yeah, Vince was on the plane. And then they're coming out saying, oh no, that's the other plane ride, blah, blah, blah. And I can't believe I'm fucking saying this after the shit he pulled. Meltzer did something when this happened. He was one of the first guys when he still had credibility. Let me phrase that credibility and wasn't fucking making up lies every 20 goddamn minutes just to get, you know, eight clicks. But um, he said originally Vince was on that plane, but we were talking before this happened and we were all agreeing. If Vince was on this flight, like JR said he was, because JR even said he was on that flight, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. If mom and dad, or at least dad, if dad is sitting right there, why are the kids fucking cutting up knowing that their job's on the fucking line for doing some of this shit? So do you guys think that Vince was there or do you think he wasn't there? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of caught in the middle here with this one. It seems like the way they prefaced it on Dark Side of the Ring is that Vince was there, but he was like, JR, you're the one who had a talent relations to go deal with this shit. And that's pretty much the way it seemed like it was left. But it just seems odd to me that they would wild out that. They will go balls deep like that while the boss is on the plane with them. Like, do they fear losing their jobs or not? Yeah. Nicole, what do you think? Um, because of that last statement, that's why I don't think he was on there. Because you've heard stories when people would act crazy on flights when he wasn't there. Or on bus rides or other things. And he would lose his shit. So that's why... I find it weird that he would that they would do something do all this while he was on there. Also, that's the, that's the they taking it down yet? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I they did an episode about this on WWE Storytime, the animated show yeah, that me did. and Gene used to. I need to find it. I feel like it's probably down though. It's oh, they took they took it off. 
Also, they did take it off. They took it off. They took it off of WWE, but you know it's floating around somewhere on the internet. It's gotta be. Because I don't even think he was on he they he was on there when they did the reenactment. When I saw that reenactment, he wasn't on there. But you gotta think Vince has some way of editing. You know they weren't gonna say the whole damn thing like. Oh, yeah, but then you know. they made it like such a lighthearted joke. So I feel like if he was on there, they would have made it a joke. They would have said it because there was like another episode that was either a couple episodes before or afterwards when they were talking about that one um, plane ride when he was like wrestling Kurt or somebody mm-hmm. or Matt Hardy or somebody. It was him and Kurt and they bumped into Taker and then Taker woke up and he didn't know what was going on. All he saw was Angle going after Vince. And he started going ape shit on Kurt. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. If he was on there, I felt like it would have just been okay. He was there because he's witnessed worse shit, right? Participated right. in worse shit, right? So that's why I don't think he was on there. Because we all know Vince. He's very Vince can be very micromanaging when he wants to be. So I don't, I mean, it's JR too. He's acting like WWE treated him fucking dirty, like his whole career, which you know they didn't. So, you know, at this point he's like, fuck, you know, I could, like he could possibly just said, fuck it, I'm throwing Vince under the goddamn bus too. He's like, yeah, he was there. But it's just like multiple sources said he was there, but it's like nothing was dead on. Um, Speaking of sources, ever since this episode has dropped, wrestlers who have participated in the plane ride from hell i'm just gonna say participated in are the ones who are willing to talk about it their stories are changing Mm -hmm. every time since this happened on thursday hasn't even been a week yet but um since thursday i want to say about 11 o'clock eastern time because i'm on the east coast Stories have been changing left and right from people. Because now it's the, I think they realize what they said and then they watch themselves saying it and they're like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have said that. And then now they're accusing Dark Side of the Ring of uh, heavily editing, playing favoritism, all that kind of shit. Oh, word. So uh, <laughs> let's say this, Tommy Dreamer. Somebody who I used to admire oh, said some pretty fucked up shit on Dark Side of the Ring when it came to the flight attendant. Now, a woman is sitting up there fucking traumatized, reliving something she probably has been trying to move past in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I respect her because people are like, well, she's so traumatized. Why should she talk about it? She goes, because you needed to know what it was like. And she could finally get her side of the story out and you could tell she was very tiff mentioned it when she went live or she posted a video about it this woman is traumatized and the only reason she went back to work is because she just had a baby and she was trying to make money for her family which anybody should respect at this point um i just think it's very funny it's going back to the boys club mentality uh that we've talked about before now they're cut, trying to cover their tracks. Uh, have you guys been seeing the uh, crisscrossing 
shit that they've been doing online? Well, not in terms of um, the wrestlers like switching up their stories and all that stuff. Um, I know that Tommy Dreamer apologized publicly, but he didn't apologize directly to Heidi. And I saw a bunch of wrestlers accepting his apology like he was apologizing to them. And my biggest problem with all of that is that he he missed the whole point of, of what he did. I still don't think he really understands that he did more damage than good by saying what he said. And it was the way he said it. His attitude was very condescending. It was almost as if he didn't care about her story and didn't have any, it, it was like, okay, well, if he did this, and it was a if, and I was like, your big ass was sitting there on the plane. You saw him because you described him to the T because you know what his dick looks like, which to me <laughs> is very odd. It's so weird that, that dudes like looking at each other's dicks but then get upset when you try to call him gay. It's not another conversation for another day, okay? It, it just was odd to me. I, I didn't understand it. I'm like, okay, this man is naked with a robe on, walking down the, the walkway of the plane to this woman who clearly just wants to do her job. She's not trying to be bothered. She's not on the plane drinking with y'all. And even if she was, what made you think that was a proper way to introduce yourself to a woman to try to get her to be with you? That is a lack of respect. It is objectifying and it's just disgusting, period. And he's just like, that's just Rick. You know, he doesn't, he means no harm. It's just a joke. It's a gag. Like no one wants to see your dick, bro. Like that's not a joke. That's not funny. And clearly this woman did not want that. She's standing there and he's still pressuring her. And he says, Rick isn't like a sexual predator. He isn't going to sexually assault someone who doesn't want to have sex with him. That's not how he is. That's not him. This is all a joke and a gag. Okay. Clearly it's not. Okay. Because this woman is not the only woman on the flight who had an issue with him trying to get them to sleep with him. Not to mention there were several other wrestlers who did the same thing. He just missed the mark and he just, he didn't understand nor comprehend what he did was wrong because if he had, a, he would have apologized to the person that he directly offended. And then been like, if I made anybody else uncomfortable or was offensive in my words, I was ignorant and I apologize for that. He did not do that. He made a generalized PR statement that was some bullshit. And I, I'm, I, it ain't my place to accept your apology, my guy. The apology needed to be to Heidi. Heidi's the one who you offended and wrote off as if she was not a victim and made it seem like she just took the money because she was greedy. It's, it's, he just, I'm not, I don't like him. And I don't like the whole, I don't like this whole boys club bullshit they got going on. Instead of y'all holding your friend accountable, y'all out here like, well, he's a great guy and I'm gonna stick beside him. All right, bet. Then you gonna go down with the fucking shit too. Jericho. Um. Pope. 
I'm about to say something really mad. You're breaking up. Uh-oh. Tommy Dream not done anything remarkable in his career besides hello. There you go. They're here. We hear you. Tommy Dreamer has done nothing remarkable in his career besides get stable, be a hit with and whatever. He's not good at promos. He's done the same shtick for about what 20 something years now. He can't retire because you know he's not gonna get I'm necessarily gonna take anything he says to heart or seriously. It's, it's, I mean, very, it's very heartbreaking to hear Tommy Dreamer. It's very washed up for me. Jesus. As given Virgil tease. Oh, geez. Not Virgil. I, I just, when I heard Tommy Dreamer say that, it was very disheartening because he's married to Francine, who was in ECW with him. And I can't even imagine how those women were, like, it wasn't a full-blown roster because there was no I don't remember really anyone wrestling uh, women-wise in ECW, but they were valets or they were there for arm candy or whatever. And I could not even begin to fathom, or fathom, excuse me, the harassment they got in an ECW locker room. And then you have, he has two little girls and it's just like, does that not matter to you if something happened to your daughters, man? Like, God forbid that actually does. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And then he he so he acted so damn tone deaf because he's then he starts talking about his fucking ponytail, and that has nothing to do with the conversation. Thanks. I was just it like was so weird. <laughs> oh, I'm 50 and people are mad I have a ponytail. No, no one gives a fuck that you're 50 and you have a ponytail. Like that, that is the least of our concerns fucking right now, my dude. Okay. And, you know, just as not only a, a, a female wrestling fan, but as a female hearing this kind of shit and seeing like poor Terry, what she went through, because I didn't know about the whole thing with her and Brock. Yeah. I did not know that at all. And the fact that Dustin was the one who called her into the locker room and saw him do that to her. And he's like, don't sell it. Don't sell it. I'm like, do you not have any respect for your ex-wife? Brandon, we don't know what happened between you two, but that is the mother of your child. Like, come on. You need to show some fucking respect. Now, I ain't taking up for Destiny because he done did some dirty shit, okay? But I think he was thinking more about her and her career than he was about how she felt. He knew if she did sell it and she was upset about it, that they would harp on her for it. They would use that as a point to get her out of there because that's how they weeded people out back then, especially the girls. So he was like, if you sell it, you know that's going to be it. You're blackballed. You're going to be out of here. That's why they would tell her to no sell it. It's not exactly the best way to deal with the situation, seeing as how it's sexual harassment, but that's how they dealt with it back then. It was that where you ain't getting paid and you won't be seen on TV. You'll be pulled from storylines. 
your money goes down, and then eventually you'll get fired. Right. On the span of a couple of weeks. Yep. Days, if anything. So that was his way of just trying to protect her. It seems really odd and really it's, it's disrespectful because Brock knew that that was his ex-wife. He knew this. So it's very, very interesting to me that he would stand in a locker room and show everybody, show her his dick like that. That explains why Sable had such an issue with her. But that's a whole other story for another day. <laughs> Keep a pin on that because that's something I actually want to talk about later on down the road. Um, I mean, overall, just... Um, I mean, I was the one who did the fucking research for it and watching Dark Side of the Ring, I was just like, what the fuck? It wasn't bad until it got to the sexual assault stuff. Yeah. Because Other than that, I was like, they're just fucking idiots. Right. You could digest everything else because it's just like the only where the shit could the fan is you saw Heidi. Heidi was there. So you saw the pain on her face and she was reliving it as she told the story. So that's what pissed people off. That's what made people be so reactionary, including me, because it's like, how can you generally hear? And you were there. You saw it happen. And then this woman is on TV saying it for her own experience. And then most of you fucking little dick no pussy getting bitches are out here like oh well she's only saying that now because she got the money she obviously wanted to get paid like you're on a fucking flight with rick flair what did you expect fine you get your thick ass in the damn galley that's the size of a fucking hole in the wall and you stand there with rick flair with his dick out and touch it yeah and and uh and for that mo and then for that comment it's like she didn't have any idea he was going to be on a plane. When you're a flight tenant, you're just told to get on a plane. You don't know who's on there. You don't know what's going on. You don't know where you're going. Nothing. Right. So you can't even try to say that she, oh, she was, well, not clout back then because they didn't use that word. It was not like she was on there, oh, for clout or to get something. She was legitimately just there to do her job. The thing that gets me is when she's like, you know, we we didn't hang because, you know, they were on the same flight. I mean, that was like the same people that she was dealing with, you know, the whole time they were in Europe doing the European tour. And then she's like, you know, yeah, we did go down to the bar and have drinks with them, but like nothing happened. And then people were trying to use her own words against them like, oh, you shouldn't know how. No, this woman didn't know him. This woman don't know pro wrestling. And you're saying that she should have been like, she should have known what Flair was like because she was going down to the bars and having drinks with them. Like, get the fuck out of here. If I had to put up with half these motherfuckers, I'd be getting drunk too. She didn't know. None of the flight attendants knew who what these wrestlers were. They were surprised that all these people were clamoring around them and trying to get to know them. They didn't, she didn't have no concept of the world that she was in. And the fact that JR said what he said made it, it really put it into perspective because his thick ass was sitting there and he goes, well, Ric Flair's the life of the party. And if you know, you get the hell out of Dodge before the party gets to you. And if you don't, well, you're in trouble. And it's like the fact that you said that 
means that you're aware, you know, and you choose to ignore, which means you're complicit. So your, <clears throat> your barbecue sauce guzzling ass is on notice too. Because all these motherfuckers is all doing the same thing. You just aren't the ones executing the behavior. You're allowing it. And because you allow it and you don't say anything and you think it's okay, you are complicit. You are just as disgusting as Ric Flair is. And I don't care how many apologies he gives and how many times he says he's a good person. I don't give a damn. Unless you are saying you are sorry to Heidi for your ignorance, for your disgusting behavior and your lack of impulse control and that you are going to make sure from here on out that you do have active change in your life to not put another woman in that position and you apologize to her as much as you can so that she feels safe then I don't want to hear shit let's, let's, let's talk about the fallout because I definitely learned more about what happened with the fallout let's, let's start with Kurt Henning and uh what happened with him now what I didn't what I saw in my research I did not where and I'm going to use the word allegedly because Kurt Henning is not here to defend himself so I'm not going to say he did it I'm just going to say allegedly if that's okay with y'all it's fine Um, fine. okay allegedly Kurt Henning was the one he was spiking people's drinks they were calling them H-bombs but basically he was spiking people's drinks and that's what allegedly he spiked Scott Hall's drink and that's what caused Scott Hall to be the drunken mess that he was. But of course, uh, Scott Hall did not comment or he wasn't there. They used a video clip where they, he's like, I'm pretty sure, you know, he, he spiked my drink. Which, if you going around spiking people's drinks, allegedly spiking people's drinks, you're a fucking asshole. Like, just straight up. Uh, and then it gets to where him and Brock got into their little fight. JR called it play fighting. Um, I used to play fight with my cousins a lot, play fight with my brother a lot. Play fighting never ended in property damage. Because I did not know him and Hitting had gotten to the point where we're hitting caused Brock to slap himself with shaving cream and that enraged Brock because of all the steroids he did probably and next thing you know he's like bum rushing fucking linebacker tackling him through a fucking line of air of airplane seats like and uh breaking them along the way how's that play fighting that to me is at the point where this dude's about to get his ass stomped. Well, they say it was play fighting, honey. That ain't play yeah. fighting. I've seen play fighting. That ain't play fighting. That's like you pissed me off and you're about to get the shit kicked out of you. So because of, and then it came out with Kurt that you know, he was the well-known prankster in the back. And apparently Vince was getting sick of all the pranks. Because I guess people were going to him and talking to him, saying this is what Henning did now. Kurt, he was like, Kurt was kind of pissing off Vince. And like his 
actions on the plane ride were kind of like the nail in his career in WWE, at least for that short time. Like Vince was looking for any reason to get rid of hitting at this point. And that was kind of like the final bottom line for him. Well, I mean, he, I hate to say this about the dead, but you got to know when to, when to call him and when to fold him, and he should have folded. Um, yeah. You was on the plane, and you knew it was it was already heightened. Everybody's tired. They're ready to go home, and you want to keep on playing. No. Like, at some point, you got to be taught a lesson. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that he should have been fired. I just suspended him. If they haven't reprimanded him before, then going straight to the firing was a bit extreme for me. Um, if you were going to reprimand him, he should have been suspended for two weeks. And then if he continued to do it, then the next step would obviously be firing because he's he doesn't care anymore beyond that. But he did something that was dangerous. He could have depressurized that plane and everybody would have went down and it really would have been the plane ride from hell because they probably would have been dead. So he should have been reprimanded. Like you can't be playing too much. Right. You right. chill out. He should have been reprimanded for his behavior. Like I said, it depends on how they were, um, how they reprimanded him before or if they reprimanded him at all as to the extent of the punishment. But that's what they chose to do. And unfortunately, they was well within their right to do it. And then he died afterwards, shortly after that, which is sad, but I don't mean to be insensitive and I'm not trying to blame him, but it's just like people gotta, people gotta learn how to um, act and react in situations and the behavior he chose was not the right one. Nicole, you got anything to add about Kurt Henning or I mean, he's dead. Jesus. Now, someone was, I saw this on Twitter. Where people were like, they had, because they stated in the, and this was again new to me, that they had went through seven cart, they went through a cart of alcohol within an hour. If y'all have ever been on an airplane and you've seen the alcohol cart, that shit is packed. Like, it is packed to the fucking brim. They went through and three of them. They went through three of them in seven hours. And then you have, Kurt Henning allegedly running around spiking people's drinks, and people are like, well, "I don't why know how you? they was that hype." I just would I would have went to bed. Right? See, that's what a lot of people said they did. Like Stone Cold and Deborah were on there, and they said they didn't see anything because they took like an Ambien or something and fell asleep because he was gonna have to be at the <laughs> show that night, and he was like one of the main draws at the time. You know, Stone Cold drank uh, had some drinks with that Ambien, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he could sleep with through it. I was trying to understand how people were sleeping through all that chaos. I think they just, I think some of them said they were sleeping just because they didn't want the heat on them, but now they didn't realize in 2021, if you were on that plane and you saw what was going on, not like, you know, it's not like me where I'd be like, just give me drinks, I'm passing out, and then putting headphones on and listening to like shit on loop where I'm like, I, I'm tired of dealing with you motherfuckers. I don't want to see or I don't want to talk to anybody, leave me alone. But I mean, it's like, how do you how do you even sleep through something like that i mean honestly if you knock yourself up and last time i'm saying like he took an ambient he probably did if you take an ambient because i don't i don't fly well um i've never flown well 
I will probably never fly well. Um, so I would have done the same thing. Took a couple, two Ambien's, had at least two, three glasses of wine, and I would have saw y'all once the plane landed. Like wake me up when they said yes. we're about to touch down. But people were just like, well, why do they keep giving them carts? And I don't remember who said it, but like the words kind of stuck with me where they're like, well, if they had just stopped, if they stopped serving us, somebody would have just threw down the money to get more brought on. And that just, that really just, and I think they said it was Rick, but they said somebody would have paid for it to, to the, if the airline didn't want to give it to us, then we would have had it brought to us somehow and somebody would have paid out of pocket for it. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. So they're sitting there getting hammered for seven hours on the fucking tarmac. Jesus Christ. Do, and they're doing fucking GBH and all that other shit on top of it because they said when they were, when the plane landed and everything was gone, they found needles. They found like food crunched up. And then like Dustin Rhodes was like spitting his like nasty ass. I mean, like I'm an ex-smoker. My habit was disgusting, but I never fucking did dip. And instead of asking for a cup or something, this motherfucker was spitting it into the back of the, uh, the back sleeve pocket on behind the, on the chair that was in front of him. And he was just spitting in there. I'm like, you got no fucking manners. You gross motherfucker. I mean, they said they had needles on that flight. They had pills that had been, um, wasn't taken all over the floor. There was vomit. There was blood. And, and then they were expecting these women to clean it up. I'm like, you never pay me enough. You need a fucking hazmat team to come in here. That damn company wanted them women to clean it up. Nope. I would have walked away. I'm a flight attendant, not a fucking maid. You want to clean, you get in here and clean it. I'd be like, there's needles and there's probably, that means there's probably blood. You need to call a hazmat team in here. That was, I, I felt so bad for those women. And then they just wanted to get off that plane. Um, so the Michael Hayes thing was probably the funniest fucking thing out of all of this. Let's just be completely real. Like, Rashaw didn't even punch him. He slapped him. He lost his, his whole ponytail. <laughs> he had his mullet ponytail. And I guess they did say X-Pac was the one who did it after all. Mm-hmm. So, and all he was is because he was mad. JR did say something that kind of made me go, holy shit. Like he trash talked X Fox so bad. He's like, he was more, what do you call him? He called him a trailer hitch. That's what he called him. He said he would just hitch on to whoever's the most popular star. And he did have some good matches. But like when you think of DX or the NWO, you never think of Sean Waltman. Well, doesn't that technically make JR a trailer hitch? He hitched on the AEW and it's popular. He only he's only mad because Vince won and it's a common fact. We all know this. He was getting too old to call WWE matches, and WWE is trying to stay with the fresh new image. There's no way JR would have been able to stay there. He couldn't even remember pe- who people were. Like he didn't know their names. Could you imagine him trying to call a ricochet versus the Cedric Alexander match? Hmm. Oh my gosh. That would, that just, oh my God. 
they they doing it good on main event but like if they ever had like when they were fighting each other on raw or like mustafa could you imagine him trying to say mustafa ali or mansoor like angel garza and humberto carrillo he has a hard time calling matches on aew so he's just he's mad because he got let go and he got replaced by newer people and it's like dude it's the facts of life when you're an announcer when something changes, then you got to stay with the time or you're going to go. He's over in AEW who can't even fucking get their names right. Nope. And he's saying some pretty disgusting stuff about women over there, too. Calling them Orientals and shit. I, mean, yes, what was it? He uses the term Oriental. Oriental. Who the <laughs> fuck uses that anymore? He's like... J.R. Wow, oh. wow, West. <laughs> And then he's like, he like was saying something about Tay Conti because I guess something happened. She like almost had like a a problem with her ring gear. Like, you know, because it happens, titties slip out. <laughs> you know what? Same thing. Nuts slip out. Dick slip out. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think it's funny now when I think about it. I'm pretty sure when Taker took those guys up for the last ride. Or if he did Tombstone, you know, he had like probably a ball jump out of him every once in a while. Hell no, not a ball. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just funny. (laughs) Um, So, Kurt, I mean, Michael Hayes got his, he got bitch slapped by Bradshaw. And that's the only thing I'll ever say I like about Bradshaw. We're going to bring up Bradshaw again, but it's not going to be for funny stuff. Um, So we got... Guess Scott Hall apparently got drugged by Kurt Henning, so drunk that he had to be escorted off the plane. And before he got off the plane, when the uh, when the stewardess was just trying to do her job, he she's leaning over to wake him up. He grabs a hole of her shirt, rips her shirt open, mm-hmm. and sexually assaults her as well, and says that he's going to fuck her. Just pigs. And then he's so drunk, according to Justin Incredible, roll my eyes at that one. He was so drunk. He was the one, not X Pac. He was the one who got Razor off the plane into the wheelchair where he had to pick him up and carry him. And Razor's not, Scott Hall's not a tiny guy. He's like, what, six foot five, like 240, 250, even more, something like that? He was at that time. Then he had to get him. He got him in a wheelchair because he couldn't walk. And yeah. Glasses on him. Yeah, but the weekend at Bernie fucking sunglasses on him. And uh, Ben's lost his shit when he saw it. Like, yeah, yeah, goes, he had to be fired. He had to be let go. Let's see, that goes, that goes back to that. If, was Vince already at the airport or was Vince on the plane? Because if he saw Scott Hall coming out, if he wasn't there... How did he know Scott Hall got wheeled out in a wheelchair? Somebody had to tell chair. him if he wasn't there. He couldn't be used that night, so JR said he had to uh, let him go. But he was fired after that. And what baffles me is everybody that, you know, is considering themselves a wrestling historian <laughs> sitting up watching John Michael's fucking versus Bret Hart for the 90,000th time 
asked, mm-hmm. like, they was like, well, we didn't know what happened with Scott Hall. He just disappeared. But you're bitching at everybody online who are upset about this story and you're just like, oh, well, y'all should have known about this. Don't act like it's new news. Like, well, y'all didn't know what happened with Scott Hall. So what's the difference? Scott Hall's alcoholism is not a very well-hidden secret. I mean, you type in Scott Hall on YouTube and the first six videos that comes up talks about his alcoholism. Google's a hell of a thing, honestly. (laughs) Well, I knew most of the stuff, but I didn't know a lot of these details. And uh, people need to realize that there's quite a few fans who don't like to or know a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Correct. Right. And we're not, I mean, there's stuff I, I mean, like we, I knew the broad part of the story, but I didn't know it was like a seven hour wait that they kept bringing them three carts of liquor to the plane. I didn't know about the story at all. No, well, no. I mean, I knew about the, basically the broad outline, but I didn't know about like, you know, hitting allegedly spiking people's drinks. Cause yeah, I never heard that. Like it, it's it's very weird that it's like all of a sudden now the story, like I said earlier, the stories are changing because now it's in 2021 and all this shit happened in 2002 when there was no social media. So no one could really call people out on their shit. And I'm not trying to invoke cancel culture or anything like that. But you see one of your favorites fucking up. First thing you want to do is go to their social media and be like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you being stupid? Like, you know, that kind of shit. Now I'm going to come. Oh, excuse me. Well, we got to talk about Ric Flair, guys. I know there's a complete clusterfuck, but we got to talk about Flair. Um, Figure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm disgusted. And people are acting like what we said earlier. Oh, it's just Rick. It's just Rick. And uh, Twitter, like I said, I need this on a shirt. Satan works hard. Twitter works harder. Because people are bringing up clips and all this kind of stuff that I forgot existed. And it's just people talking about how shitty of a behavior person Rick, or behavior and a person Rick Flair has and is. Um. There is one where, I forgot who it was, but they said they were in a car with JR and Flair, and it's really making me side-eye JR, because he was married at the time, I think, and there was two women in limo with them, and uh, pretty much the same thing Rick did to this flight attendant, he did to this woman. Not surprised. And then Shane, I saw one with Shane Douglas and a lot of people, I think people owe Shane Douglas a big apology because they always came out and said, oh, you're just mad because he didn't do anything or he, he you know, you're just blah, blah, blah. Like, people were just, you, a lot of y'all own Shane Douglas a fucking apology. Shane Douglas, you, you are, I think you're redeemed a little bit. But he was talking about how uh, there's a situation where they are at a bar or a bar and grill or a restaurant with a bar at it and there were family and kids there and rick goes rick forces himself on a woman he kisses her without her consent and then he just would not get on to, get off of her and someone had to 
pull them off and deck the shit out of them. Sounds about right. And honestly, he sounds like a fucking sexual predator. That's because he is. I can't imagine. I can't imagine how screwed up Charlotte is. God damn. I don't think Charlotte is screwed up. To be honest with you, um, I think um, one thing I do think people have to stop doing is the sins of the father should not fall on the child. Exactly. And I don't like how she is always the one who has to bear the brunt of what her father did because that's how everybody sees her. Charlotte is her own woman. She makes her own decisions. I mean, she's not going to be perfect. They've had, she has her issues, her own problems or whatever, but that doesn't have anything to do with her father's behavior. So one thing I truly despise is how wrestling fans are going after her and attacking her for her father's behavior. Who is the parent in this situation? Who was the one who created whom? Charlotte is not his mother. She's his daughter. Mm-hmm. So anything that happens with Rick that doesn't have to do with him directly parenting her is outside of her scope. And I really believe that that's one of people's biggest problems is they're always finding some kind of way to drag her into his bullshit. It's not fair. And I I just want, if you're gonna be mad at Charlotte, be mad at Charlotte for Charlotte's issues. But Flair is the one who did this to himself. He has an attention-seeking problem. He's a narcissist. And he constantly has to be in the limelight and look at me, look at me, look at me. And if he doesn't have that, he becomes very depressed or despondent. And he gets to the point where he has to do something outlandish to gain some type of attention, be it good or bad. And obviously, that is what he does. Um. I think I don't even think if I tweeted this, but yeah, um, people need to stop acting like whatever he did is her problem. Also, specifically thinking about it, especially during that time, he was barely in her life. Right. She has nothing to do with any of that bullshit that he did, not only because a, she's a child, but B, she was, that was at a point in time, he was literally laying with everyone and everyone that was not her mother. Hmm. Barely at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, where's, where's the, uh, I mean, where's the same energy? Why aren't y'all going after Curtis Axel for what the shit his dad allegedly did? Hmm. Where's, where's the same smoke for him? I mean, I, I don't, y'all know I don't write for Charlotte, but there's no reason why that woman needs to be dragged into this. Her dad's still alive and he is a piece of shit. I'm sorry. And then what was that, Nicole? What was that whack ass like apology that he fucking tweeted out and then he deleted it because he was getting all the smoke for it? No, he, no, he, he reposted it, but reiterated that he was told by everyone and everyone not to say anything. Basically, it was just a whole runaround of a bunch of BS to try to make you feel bad for him. And basically, 
denying everything. Yeah, That's all it was. I would never heard another human being like this. And was trying to say, I don't know what journalist or whatever was saying. I let him into my life when I was dealing with, you know, whatever, blah, blah, dead son, whatever. Um, drinking not to discredit that. Issues. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay. I was like, once I got to that point, I say he is going to completely walk around this whole thing and deny it. And then sure enough, that's what he did. He basically and that's all it is. himself. Yep. Yeah. But you know what? You know what? I'm not going to say it. No, say it. Go ahead and say it. No. I was like, you know what? He probably doesn't even have that much time left. So are the bullshit that he wants to perpetuate and be dishonest about that is just on him. You got to deal with that. I mean... <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, it's bugged out, but it's true. Like, I... <laughs> I don't, I don't want it to, I don't, I don't want it to seem like everybody, I don't want anything to happen to the man, but I do mm. want to start taking personal responsibility. And that's, and it's what's really messed up is how people keep making excuses for him, but you, you didn't have no problem tossing Velveteen Dream's ass in the garbage can where he belonged. Hmm. I wonder why. You had no issues with that. You were well within your right to do so but you make a point to make excuses for the flare but you give the dream all the smoke i don't understand the difference between the two now rick flair is known for his shitty behavior <laughs> and obviously it's 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 not a well kept secret. So it's it's baffling to me that you are willing to accept this type of behavior, and instead of most people saying, "Well, he he needs to get himself together," he definitely look how hurt this flight attendant, look how hurt Heidi was. No, it's oh y'all blaming a legend. Look how old he is. I gotta have pity for a man who's slinging his dick like it's a goddamn sword around it's a you're a child do you know what's really funny mm. and i was like because everyone was like why would wwe let Rick go so quickly and why would they just let him go like that <laughs> i feel like they got wind that this was coming out mm-hmm. And then they were like, you know what? Let's make him someone else's problem. <laughs> and sure enough, um, his woo and his images were removed, are removed from the intros. I noticed that last night because I'm like, wait, something's missing. And then I saw on Twitter, they're like, did y'all hear that the woo is missing? Yeah, yeah so those are gone. And um, I guess... I don't know if it's everywhere, but in most places, his card shield commercials are paused, which sucks because that means they're paused for LA night too. I saw the card shield commercials on um, Monday. I you did? I haven't seen them. I saw one too up here in Knoxville. I saw it Monday night on Monday Night Raw. They played that card shield commercial twice. Oh, then they must it. not been too heartbroken about, well, card shield must not be too upset about it yet, at least. Oh, I just I kind of 
that, but that piss that takes the bag away from Peter Avalon and L.A. Knight, though. Yeah, and I'm not about that. So whatever, I'll just pretend he's not there. <laughs> I'll change. The cha- I'll change the channel. <laughs> so I mean, so let's let's. Do y'all have? I want this to be the final chapter of the play drawing from hell. Do you guys have anything else to say? Nope. Like, to you want to call any wrestler? Do you want to just call anybody a piece of shit? Like any last words? Because after this, I'm closing the book, and I never want to speak of this again. Nope. The only thing we can say we could segue into the maiden in. That's a good way to start it from right okay. here. All right. So this is us closing the book on the plane ride from hell. Because honestly, I think this fallout is going to continue. And as for Flair, uh, Dark Side of the Ring is doing Chris Canyon on Thursday. And I saw the clip on Howard Stern where he wasn't even part of WWE management. He just called and basically sat there, stole Canyon's interview away from him. And he did it out of his own fucking, like, he believed he should have called and said anything. He just flat out told the guy, you're not that good. You should have never been. If you want to be real. Huh? Flair wasn't that good either. He's like, you're not a good wrestler. You'll never made it in WWE. I don't remember much of Canyon, but honestly, I think I'm going to go back and watch some of his interviews. But it's like, you're not even part of WWE management. Why are you calling into the Howard Stern show just to tear into this guy? Then you're stealing his spotlight away from him. I told you he's a main man. A narcissistic main man at that. Well, let's, let's talk about main men in professional wrestling so jr said something that kind of caught her eye besides the trailer hitch thing mm-hmm. he said unlike everybody else now granted this isn't verbatim because i haven't chugged half a fucking thing of hot sauce or barbecue sauce <laughs> uh, oh man i could say, say something really mean but i'm trying to be nice i'm trying to be nice because today J- i'm not J- being nice to play face anymore fuck him Okay. It's like if I if I fucking chugged half a gallon of barbecue sauce and only one side of my face. <laughs> I'm gonna get some shit for that from the universe. Anyway. All right, let me enjoy what I have right now, I guess. Um, anyway, he said that Flair, who did the most egregious shit on that plane. I mean, Dustin Rhodes did it, he got reprimanded, Scott Hall got fired. But Rick, like almost everyone got fired or their lit, uh, lousy ass mullet ponytail got put into a baggie and hung up on the door. Which I still think it's funny that they did that shit to Michael Hayes. <laughs> uh, he's such a shit bag. He fucking deserves it. Um, but he's a good example also. He said Rick got no consequences. I know that's horrible language. Shut the fuck up. Rick didn't face any consequences because he was a made man. Now, Tiff, you told me this earlier in mafia lingo. What does made man mean? It means you are literally a part of the gang. You're a part of the mafia. In American and Sicilian mafia lingo, I don't know if any mafia people listening. If you are, don't come at me because I just went on Google. Right? It's what Google told me. So if you mad, get mad at Google, okay? 
Now, the way it was structured, a made man is a man who has been fully indoctrinated into the mafia. In American and Sicilian style mafia, that is a made man. So it's literally a gang member. You, it's the equivalent to being a part of the gang. You've been fully jumped in. I, in the hood gang, <laughs> when you are a part of the gang, you get jumped in. But when you're a maid, you're an OG. Mm. That's untouchable. Okay? So you don't, you don't take out the OGs. The OGs, they don't handle none of the foot soldier footwork. They don't do that. They facilitate or they out the game, but they get the respect of the OG. Right, Jay? Okay. So since wrestling don't really, wrestling lingo doesn't really have a term for this yet, me and the girls was like, okay, (laughs) we're going to figure this out. If Ric Flair is the standard for the made man, then we need to figure out the determination of how we would determine a made man in today's terms. Well, if we're going by mafia terms, we're all saying Vince is the head of the mafia. He is the yes, head of the family. Don. He is he the don. don. Correct. Okay. So well, you got two rival mafias. Because you got the young Don coming up with Tony Khan. <laughs> Uh, that's what you want to call it. That's not a mafia. That's just a daycare center. Anyway. I mean, oh, man. Come on, Alexis. <laughs> you got to give them their credit. Now, I ain't talking about AEW in this episode, so I'm out. But no. Okay. So we're making it so that people can understand what we mean when we say you're a made man, right? Okay. All right. So, so, like in AEW, there are a couple of made men there. Jericho would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, because his behavior last year was a very, very fireable offense, in my opinion. If you're going to go and do a concert during a pandemic, this was the height of it. Then you got it. You got it because you went to that biking event and did the concert. You put everybody at risk. Before you realized you had it, you could have spread that to your entire company. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people who ended up getting sick with COVID. One of the young bucks got COVID and a couple other people got COVID. And then nobody knows how they came in contact with it. But I'm not blaming Jericho because I don't want no smoke right now. But I am saying that he could have been the culprit because he was irresponsible. To me, that is a fireable offense. You put everybody's health at risk before they even had an opportunity to have the vaccines ready and have them delved out. You was out here living your best life and got sick and damn near made everybody else sick. Not even just what he was doing, like in real life, but the way he was talking, like acting up on Twitter and shit. And it's just like you, he can't do no wrong. Like, none, and that's basically the t- how we're gonna coin the term. A okay. made man in wrestling terms can't do no wrong. It don't matter how bad it is, somebody's gonna make an excuse to him and give him a free pass. They are capable of pretty much committing murder, and nobody would be mad about it. Right. 
So we got two examples of main men when it comes to at least being in with when it comes to the WWE mafia. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. Yeah, I got <laughs> two main men in this episode. One of them is Michael Hayes for some fucked up reason. Ew. Because honestly, and another thing I forgot to mention, we're not entirely sure if he even peed on Linda on that flight. But <laughs> it's not even that because people are trying to come for me on that shit. But it's like, okay, if it didn't happen on a plane ride from hell, it did happen on a plane ride. He peed on your wife and he's still employed there. Oh, Lord, Peed on your wife. That's why I I don't believe that story. You don't think it happened? I don't think he, it happened. We're gonna shove that into one of the great. I would never stories. let. Yeah, someone needs to. Figure, I just can't imagine like Vince letting that person like be alive. Oh. I mean, him and Linda's marriage has always been kind of weird to me. And then we all know Vince's. Yeah, they're yeah, they're the they're they're the um, Clintons of the wrestling industry. But oh goddamn! I think he does respect her a little bit. I mean, <laughs> one would think. I mean, they've been together for this long, and they have kids. But yeah. They might not be in love with each other, but they probably do like each other a little bit, at least. (laughs) I mean, we all know Vince is into some, like, immature shit, but I can't imagine him sitting there going, that's some good shit when you wake up. Yeah, like, he'd probably be like, okay, this is a little much. So we're going to file that one to the uh, to-be-continued section of the files here. So anyway, we got two main men made example on this flight. Michael Hayes, who's like one of Vince's cronies, and Ric Flair. And even though Flair constantly getting accused of sexual assault, sexual harassment, mm-hmm. and just overall being a shitbag person, he continued to work with the WWE on and off for years, came back after, and this was even before WCW went under, came back when WCW got bought out and continuously showed up on TV, up even after his so-called retirement match with Shawn Michaels, and that's another main man, but I'll get to that point in a second, constantly showed up on TV, was paired with his daughter, and this has nothing to do with Charlotte, but he was constantly seen on TV with Charlotte and storylines with her until they got, released him from his contract earlier this year. And really, the only reason why he wasn't seen up until Mania was because Lacey got pregnant. And they ended the storyline. Thank God. Could you imagine going through that whole feud? (laughs) Lacey would have been champion. She She was set to be Raw Women's Champion. And Charlotte was supposed to take the belt from her. Which, honestly... Neither one of those women deserve that that kind of fucking storyline. Honestly, given the chemistry mishap between Oscar and um, Rhea, I honestly think that match would have worked out better than the matches that we got. So I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to see 
if Lacey was going to improve, if she's going to step her game up, because you're going against one of the best women in the business right now, and you have no choice. It's either you sink or swim. So you were going to be champion. I wanted to see what you was going to do. But she got pregnant. So I guess we will never know. Daryl. Daryl goes, do you think she went up to her husband? She's like, knock me up and get me out of this damn storyline. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's nothing to Lacey. I know her due date's coming up very soon, so we wish her the best and hope that her daughter gets here safe and sound. I was just asking, like, I was like, I know Lacey Evans is about due with her baby. She's going crazy on Instagram right now. And I, and I know that, um, well, from what she said out of her own mouth, she said they were planning to have another child. Um, and she felt like during that pandemic time was the best time, which in hindsight, I, I agree with her. There wasn't really a lot going on at the time. And her um, planning her baby, you know, hopefully by the time she would have given birth, the pandemic would have started to slow down, which it did. But the Delta variant popped up, so that kind of caused more chaos and panic. But she said they had been trying and trying and no luck, and then she popped up pregnant. So she was like, I took my chances, and I was gone. She said it, it, it wasn't any slight to WWE. She was just like, this is my shot. This is my last shot to have a baby. I was yeah. like, well. You know what? More fucking power to her. because I'm going to blame you at this point. I mean, you're going to get paid either way. Either way, the check go. So I mean, that's what Candace probably was like too. Yep. Either way, the check gonna come, and then you already just solidified yourself. It's not like nobody in W that watches WWE or at least gets a glimpse at NXT don't know who Candace is, right? She looks looks so cute with the little baby bump. Oh my gosh! See, I never got that. So cute. I I never got that. I never got the cute phase. I went from like skinny to <laughs> I never got the cute bump phase. <laughs> she's so she's so cute. I can't. She's so, she's so tiny though. Like holy yeah. shit. Everybody's pregnant. Rhonda's pregnant. She's pregnant. Lacey's pregnant. Rhonda should be due a little bit after Lacey. Yeah, she should be due soon. Candace still has a while. Yeah. But I don't know, someone else probably will get knocked up. Yeah, that baby, that baby's gonna come out with fucking bionic knees anyway. <laughs> bionic just like, knees. Just like mama. All these um, babies. <laughs> so my baby's uh, gonna come out doing judo trills. I'm like fucking <laughs> crazy. Baby's gonna come out and demand an NXT title shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with this baby? It's wild. <laughs> Takes out Tommaso Ciampa just by looking up at him and like, I'm like, got to, goddamn it, Santa. <laughs> Somebody got you. Fuck it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so I just, I just think it's really weird that, and now they're like they're they're kind of trying to Hulk Hogan flair, but they're not Hulk Hogan him the same way that they did him. Hmm. But I mean, it's just like all this shit, and it's not just even like wrestlers or like the women, the divas, because you like divas coming out, 
And the one thing I do like about this is that more people are coming out and speaking out about their experiences. And now I've seen on Twitter um, where male victims have come out. Um, there was, and I hate to say it because he's he's related to the Steiner, the, the breaker guy. I want him to do good. But there's a story that came out saying that Scott Steiner kind of put a pin in a place on a dude that most dudes don't like stuff being put up in the beer dude. hole booty hole oh in the booty hole mm -hmm. it's a booty hole <laughs> and of course uh I, man, wait a minute hole hole how did he how did he get the pin up somebody's ass hazing so y'all just that's okay. so weird y'all just let niggas put pins up your ass like, because, i mean it's i mean okay it was the steiner brothers and like it, it all goes back to this whole everything's connected that you have guys like michael hayes you have guy who's a piece of shit and his behavior enough like i'm still surprised mark henry didn't he's still alive and mark henry didn't kill his ass i'm really surprised after what he said to him so you have michael hayes you have fucking uh rick flair sean michaels jbl um no i just praised them i'm not praising jbl i praise bradshaw because to me apa bradshaw and jbl are two different entities like that cannot be the same fucking person like i'm not even gonna lie i like bradshaw he was pretty hot jbl i don't know what the fuck happened he like downgraded I don't know if it's just because of some big burly dude that could whoop your ass I was attracted to, but then he became that, and I was like, what the fuck? No. You are not the same person. You cannot be the same fucking person, but apparently he's always been that person. Um, there's just, why, so here's the main point of conversation, and I'm going to post this on Twitter when the episode drops. What's some examples that you guys want to give of main men in the WWE, and it, let's say main, made women too. Why is it that there are certain people who can skate by in shitty behavior in WWE, AEW, any promotion, but others get fired? They get their name dragged through the mud. Oh, Undertaker, he's a really good example because uh, there's a story that Rene Dupree came out and talked about it that he didn't want to go drinking with the guys after a show because he was tired and it was hurting and apparently saying you didn't want to go out and drink to the with the undertaker was a big offense to him so they took renee dupree's french flag shoved it in a toilet and pissed and shit all over it but he couldn't say anything because he would then be considered a snitch um, um so i just i just want to know why is it that certain people seem to get away with certain shit in companies like WWE or AEW, but if anyone else did it, their career would be completely over across the board. Honestly, this isn't new new behavior. It's very, very old um, indoctrination into the club type of tactics. But there are two ways to see it from, and then I'll let Nicole happen. One way is uh, it's a groupthink situation. A lot of times what happens when people are in a group they don't want to be left out or they don't want to be singled out. So they will 
become one with the group. It's kind of like the board. You operate like a hive mind so that you're not ostracized. You don't stand out, you don't notice anything or you don't take notice to anything on purpose because you don't want to ruffle any feathers. Two is because these men and women, as you put it, offer two things. They bring in views and they bring in money, okay? And if you don't want to fuck up your money, you keep them where they are. So even if shit hits the fan, unless it's on tape, and even then, people can still find a way to skate by. We all know that things like sexual assault, harassment, those are very much he say, she say topics. And no matter how many people say that it happened, the person who is popular with the money and has the gift of gab can always weasel their way out of it. Donald Trump is a very good example of that. There were 30 plus women young women and older women who came forward and said that he sexually assaulted them or harassed them at one point. Many of them were working with him with that Miss America pageant shit that he was doing for years. And he sexually assaulted just about every winner that he had something to do with. And yet he was still able to skate by and become president of the United States, despite the fact that he said, as long as you talk to a woman, you can grab her by the pussy and they wouldn't have a problem with it. He was still able to come become the president of the United States. And what did they say? Including a bunch of women who were on the tour with him talking about, oh, that's just locker room talk. That's just how boys are. You pacify the behavior because you like them. You want to believe that they're good people. So you choose to ignore the bad behavior. It's not hard. And that's what people are doing right now with Ric Flair. Just let him go. <laughs> just like let it go. I and I may not let it go. Like the situation. Like I don't understand why everyone clings too hard, so hard when they find out these people are trash. Just let them go. Like what is that doing to you? Well, I mean that's the whole thing where they think they're like. What was I saw one person on Twitter? They're like, I fought a flare his whole career, and there's no way he'd be like that. And it's like, you weren't following close enough. I'm like, my dude, so what? Like, you fucking lived with him, you hung out with him, like, you've seen him, you know him on a personal level, like, your, your, your fucking Facebook friends, you follow each other on Instagram, like, what, what the fuck does that mean? It says a lot about you and how you refuse to believe the truth. Like, I mean, we've we've said it here before. We don't favor anybody. We have our favorites, but we're not admit to like when they fuck up. They don't pay our bills. They don't pay our fucking mortgage. They don't pay our rent. They don't. They're not our employer. They ain't shit. And honestly, if they was, I still we still say we want to say exactly. They don't. They don't it's, it's not even about that. It's not even being. And everybody always say. All you fucking self-righteous fans always talk shit. It's not even that. It's just, if, if, why is it difficult for, for someone to hold a person accountable 
Why do you always have to somehow figure out some kind of way to turn it into something lighthearted and funny and not see it for what it is, which is problematic, toxic masculinity? And every one of you motherfucking farmers who keep sitting up here seeing this shit and don't say anything, I hope and pray to God that one day it doesn't happen to somebody that you love because most of y'all probably have sisters, blood cousins, brothers included, Okay, nieces, daughters, and wives, and every one of them has been sexually assaulted or harassed at some point. And if they're young and it haven't happened yet, just give it some time. What's the statistic now? Every four out of five women have been sexually assaulted? Yeah. We all have. All and, that's just, and that's just the cases that we're willing to admit. You can't go down the street without being body shamed. You go in the store, there's a man who's staring at you weird or he follows you home because he somehow feels entitled to your body. And it's so odd to me that a bunch of you men who are sitting up here seeing this kind of shit happen don't have no issues with that. The predatory behavior is what y'all don't have an issue with. But you get mad because a bunch of women is coming up and saying, we ain't gonna take y'all bullshit no more. But then when we start capping niggas, we just start shooting y'all in the dick, then maybe you'll start understanding. We have to start attacking your precious jewels so you'll stop fucking with us. I just think it's really funny and it's total small dick energy for real because like they got no problem going up to like a, to like women, even little girls, okay, going up to them, trying to sexualize them. But the minute a gay man comes up to you or... uh a trans man or anyone with a dick between their legs or associates as male comes up and starts hitting on y'all y'all all of a sudden start feeling uncomfortable well that's how we fucking feel on a daily basis and when i got someone old enough to be my fucking father my grandfather my great great grandfather and rick flair's the king <laughs> fucking old oh, enough to be when the goddamn pyramids were being built <laughs> And he's touching me, he's touching me and talking to me in a way that I don't feel like I, that's very disrespectful to me. And y'all, I'm, and y'all are like, you should just be quiet and deal with it. No, motherfucker, I am not going to deal with it. I'm not going to be quiet and let this bullshit happen. And I'll be damned if I'm going to teach my daughter to sit and be quiet. Because she already knows if someone touches you in a way that you don't like, you kick them in the nutsack. And I'm very happy and glad that I'm very proud of her for that. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't get it I mean you guys are up here um what, what do you always say Nicole you say something and it makes me laugh like fuck I can't remember uh Captain save -a -ho. that's what you fucking say you're up here playing Captain fucking save -a -ho for people who don't even care if you fucking exist I, but, you know, I have to agree with Nicole. I, I feel like you should just let it go. I mean, it's not like, you know, you, this person is your father. To an extent, I can understand if it was, if I was in Charlotte's shoes and that was my dad, I could understand why she would still cling to him because that's her dad. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. she sees a different person than what what is being told so that's going to be hard for her to disassociate 
what her father is to her and what he truly is, okay? So I could understand that. But when you talk about somebody who's literally just been watching Ric Flair his entire career on television and your main goal is to go on Twitter every day and get mad because a bunch of women have come forward to tell their experience with Ric Flair and your whole problem is, oh, he would never do that. Well, bitch, I mean, like Nicole said, how the fuck do you know? You wasn't there with his dick in your face, but it looks like you want to. Jesus. Everybody else wanted to. I mean, I didn't. I want to know why Tommy Dreamer knows, like, in that in detail. Because he was probably doing it too. (laughs) That ECW locker room. (laughs) He's like, he's a very well endowed man. I'm like, you jealous? You jealous, Tommy? (laughs) Honestly, okay, I want to know something. This is for you, you assholes. Why is it y'all get offended by gay men, but y'all can be straight as a fucking stick, and then the first thing you'll do is just whip your dick out and try? Is that like some caveman pre-programmed bullshit? Like you're trying to claim property, so instead of pissing on it, you're just going to whip your dick out? I never understood that. You guys are more obsessed with dicks than actual men who are gay. Like what the fuck? With um. The new episode about that they're doing. Chris Canyon. Yeah, he's supposed he's gay. He was. He was gay. And he believed that his sexuality kept him back in the WWE. Yeah. Well, it's probably true. Wouldn't surprise me. But uh okay, we'll talk about another another main man. Uh y'all know you all know who Pat Patterson is, right? Yeah, unfortunately, he was. Y'all know about the Ring Boy scandal? Yeah. The one where they like said he sexually assaulted them and they he tried to take him to court and they had him on like all them talk shows and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was sexually assaulting young boys. Some as some as young as eleven years old. Mm. And he got off scot free. Even though, and Billy Graham has, he, Billy Graham backtracked on his story, so that didn't help out a lot. But um, he stayed. Even with that, he was one of Vince's favorites, too. And he was with that company in one shape or form till he died. Undertaker is going to sound messed up. Hmm. Kurt Henning did not come up with the Royal Rumble. What, he claiming he did? Well, Pat, Pat. No, I'm saying that's why Pat was there. Wait, Instead what? of... No, not Pat. The reason Pat Patterson was there and I can't... Whoever we were just talking about, sorry I'm blinking was there was because of all that Pat has done. Hmm. Hmm. Business in general. That's what I'm saying. Like if homie created came up with um the Royal Rumble, I'm pretty sure his he probably would have been there still. That's my point. Hmm. 
Uh, so Kerhang saying he was the one who came up with the Royal Rumble idea? No. I'm saying Pat Patterson was still able to stay there because all he'd done and come up with for the company. If it was uh, the other way around, he would be gone. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like you he was about- made by work though like he wasn't made by popularity because gonna be honest I didn't really know who Pat Patterson was until he was like an on TV character with Vince all the time and then um, y'all was telling me and then I was learning from my dad that he came up with the Royal Rumble and I was like okay so he's not made yeah. through the means that like Rick Flair was. Mm-hmm. But he he did come up with like a lot of the ideas that WWE still uses to this day. Yeah, so Dusty Dusty Rhodes would be a made man. See, that's that's when the relationships start getting blurry because like there's such a love hate relationship between Dusty and WWE. And then it's like the same thing with like the Hart family because someone was trying to tell me that Bret Hart would be considered a main man. And I'm like, but there's stuff that that whole family has a weird ass relationship with WWE. Yeah, literally. Very weird ass relationship. And with each other, so. Yeah. Like, About like, it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, she ain't wrong. Like, let's just think about the names. HBK. Shawn Michaels has done so much shit. Why the fuck is he still there? But he's one of Vince's boys. Because he's made like Ric Flair is. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker. Because yeah. half the shit the Undertaker was getting away with, if it was anybody else, he would have been fired. But because it was Undertaker, he was untouchable. And then someone yeah. asked, Hulk Hogan, I think, is the biggest fucking one. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way he should have been able to come back from that. Because I don't, I mean, okay, Hogan, I don't understand for like 30 something years, Hogan has had this chokehold on pro wrestling. And I guess it's just like the good old boy mentality. But Hogan has always had this chokehold on wrestling, whether it's WWE, Impact, WCW, anything like that. He damn near destroyed Impact. Him and Russo and Bischoff, all of them. But he's had this weird... And it's like, okay, so you have to understand you have to understand Hogan's hold on wrestling culture. So I wouldn't say that he destroyed... I I get how he like imprinted himself in Impact, right? That Mm -hmm. part I didn't like. But it's the culture that he has a hold on. Because wrestling itself has moved past Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, okay? But it's the culture. It's the culture that he's cultivated. It's it's that aspect that he's somehow been able to remain untouchable in. And even in the circumstances of his behavior and the things that he has said and done and continues to do, he is still regarded as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, if not wow. the greatest wrestler of all time. And he, and this is amongst all wrestling fans, not just white, black, 
any race, color, whatever, doesn't matter. They all regard him the same way. And it is because he was able to be like the original mainstream movie making guy. You know what I'm saying? So you, it's a level, it's levels to your main man. Ric Flair is, is at the pinnacle. He's the kind of guy that if he had a, didn't play his cards right, he could have surpassed Hulk Hogan. Right, but because yeah. he didn't model that American behavior, and because there was obviously a trail of trash following him, he couldn't get past the blocks of wrestling culture into mainstream. But Hulk Hogan did, and that's why he had such a chokehold on wrestling culture. It's the same thing with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's the same thing with The Rock. That's the Rock. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing because right now the rock could leave regular acting and all that shit right now and still come back to WWE. And I guarantee you they snatch that belt off of Biggie or Roman in a heartbeat and give it to him. But you know what? No one no one would be mad if and no one would bad eye right. about that shit. No, no one would, we be, would like, be too oh, busy freaking out that he had a page um had a match or had yep. held a champion after all these years no one would care yep not a single person would care so, Dwayne, if you're you hear some of my voice stay the fucking hollywood and let biggie have his moment but you could come and dethrone your cousin <laughs> i don't care he ain't my tribal chief come get your cousin get him straight <laughs> Tired his which ass. i feel like is going to happen yep yep <laughs> yep because they say the Rock been trying to clear his schedule for next year. They yeah, and they say he's clearing it. They say he's been, he been trying to get his movies pushed up to film all the movies that he has to get done. He already did the big blockbuster ones, and everything he has to do with the XML, his wife and that his business partner handles that. The tequila business runs itself. Um, his ex-wife handled the XFL. His wife and him work on that tequila business and stuff. All he gotta do is clear his schedule for the movies. See, ladies, I'm telling you, they you know already behind every successful man, there's a woman who actually runs the shit. Well, there you go. There's no way his wife's sitting at home and not doing nothing. I don't. I think she thing. does some. I think she does a lot of stuff. She just don't like to talk about it. Yeah, she don't say nothing. But she's she minds her business. She she minds her business. She has her kids. She helps her heal the business, and she probably calls Danny and be like, "You see this bullshit he left us to deal with?" Yeah, yes. I don't know. Like she got his, she got his ex wife on speed dial, and I'm just like, they actually get along. That's that how it's supposed to be. They didn't break up under bad terms. They gotta make Even too much money to be arguing about split. dumb shit. Yeah, very. True. They split amicably, and they took care of their daughter. He dated and got engaged. I think he was engaged to somebody else before he got engaged to this um, girl here. Yeah, I think so. He didn't marry her, but he ended up having another daughter with this, with his current wife, had another baby, and then they got married. And I was like, okay, okay. Okay. I think the funniest thing is that his daughter still doesn't believe that he's in the movie Moana. Nope. And he sings the song in front of her. And she's, she's just like, like that poor baby. <laughs> um, like, well, like you think about it, and I want to say like the current main men, Randy Orton. Think of all like it's not not the not the sophisticated Randall now. We're talking about shitbag Randy and all the stuff that he used to do back in the day. Randy was on the verge of getting kicked out of the WWE too, though. 
for a while, he was protected as shit, though. He was. I like, agree. Like, that was the thing with, uh, Miss, with uh, Ken Anderson. He dropped Randy one time on Randy's head, and Randy went back there and said, fuck this guy, and the next thing you knew, he got fired. Cena kind of um, had the same power, too. If Cena didn't like you, you were out. Not, not I hate to say it, but Cena kind of was... Like, there's only... And I get it because Cena was a moneymaker, but it's like a lot of people are coming out, and a lot of people I remember who were good wrestlers, and they're like, we couldn't get off the ground because of Don. I was like, ooh, shit. I'm not surprised by that at all. And then, like, John and, like, Cena and Randy are back there whipping their dicks out and putting it on each other's shoulders and other people's shoulders, and I'm like, I just want to know, you've got somebody who's on a bad fucking day, and I look over, and there's some dude's balls and dicks sitting on my fucking shoulder. Did no one, like, because now I know nowadays, if you did that shit, first off, your dick and balls would be all over social media before you even realized they had taken a picture. Because somebody always has a fucking camera phone on them and your shit would have gotten taken. But you gotta think at one point someone just like slammed their fist down on the dick or the balls and like, get the fuck off me. I mean, Roman would have kicked, kicked him out the locker room. Yeah. yeah Roman, Roman ain't for that. See, Roman is the opposite of like the toxic main men. The main man we're talking about now is like the one who's trying to keep everyone from acting like this shit. Like the one who's like dad. And when it comes to the woman, like mom, it's like dad and mom of the locker room. Don't fuck up or you're going to get in serious trouble. Look at Enzo for fuck's sake. I mean, I'm fine with that. Somebody's got to be an adult at this point. Roman ain't with the shits, so... Roman's got five kids at home. He don't want to deal with bullshit when he comes to work. And I mean, he wasn't the only one. Like, um, I I still say Daniel had a lot to do with the way that locker room was cultivated and how it shifted. Um, because Daniel just has a, a really innate nature to be nice and to stick up for people and to not put up with no bullshit. He just... He just like, we can all coexist and make this shit work, which it should be that way. It shouldn't be cutthroat and you fighting for positions and everybody's in this. No, it shouldn't be like that because yeah. y'all gotta work together to make this show work to begin with. Yeah. If you don't work together, then it's gonna fall apart. So they all had a hand in it. And I think that them being able to go back there and sit with each other and play video games and chill and and really have a family aspect back there is probably one of the greatest things to happen 90 percent of the time when people leave wwe there is no animosity amongst the wrestlers all the animosity comes from the fans Mm -hmm. every single time because every time i see it when they saw ruby show up in AEW, all the wwe people that knew ruby was cheering her on like Ruby. I'm so proud of you. People that was um, that knew her from back in the days. There was wrestlers from Shimmer, wrestlers from AEW, MLW, all over the place. They're like, "Wow, Ruby finally got a chance," and she said she was so happy. They was just it was just an outcry of support. I was one I, of them. I was ready to buy her damn shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees. I see nobody shitting on Ruby's debut in AEW or talking shit about each other. I didn't see none of that. Mm-mm. 
All I saw was a bunch of fans being mad and upset. Well, WWE is trash. And I'm like, yeah, they are, but Ruby's happy where she is. Would you rather her be stuck in WWE still not doing anything? Right. Hmm. Crickets. It, it, it's, it's, it's fans like that, and I use that term very loosely, and it's not just in wrestling, but it's fans like that across the board that ruins everything for everybody, or they try to ruin everything for everybody, but they're the ones who are sticking up for the people who caused the, like, caused the bull's pit to go down. Like, y'all, y'all really just want to wipe Ric Flair's ass, don't you? Yeah. And you want to, and you want to tell him, it's okay, grandpa, nothing bad's gonna, no. Like, he, like, guys like this, like, I think Randy, like, Orton, he, he, he has definitely grown up. Um, and I really think that he's finally pulled his head out from his ass and he doesn't believe his own bullshit anymore. And I think it's the first time in a really long time I've actually liked Randy Orton as a person. And then that way I can actually get behind him and like, be like, well, damn, he put on, like, he put on a hell of a match with AJ on Raw. I'm not even going to front about that. And he did. But I mean, it it took a really long time and I'm pretty sure like a lot of people still want to whoop his ass like it was back in the day. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I I mean, there, there is a difference between just apologizing to try to get out of trouble and apologizing and trying to prove to prove the people that you're not the total dickbag that you used to be. And I think Randy's one of the people who are trying to show that he's not a dick anymore. Which, I mean, he, he just, he grew up. He took a long fucking time, but he did. And I mean, it, it I'm not saying you're absolved of your behavior, but I do like the fact that Randy's trying to acknowledge it and move past it. So I can give you some leeway when you show improvement or when you actually show acknowledgement of bad behavior. Exactly. Yes. But it's like you good. can you can't yell at someone for making mistakes, but stunt and block them actually trying to grow from it. That's my point. And then that's like, I, I think a lot of it when um, guys like, I mean, we give them shit, but I think guys, when it came to guys like Ricochet and Aleister Black and um, Roman, you know, these guys have like families, they're, you know, and they're not there for the shit. Like they want to bring their wives, they want to bring their kids. And I think it's like when they started realizing that they, they want their families around. Actually, like, where is Ricochet? In the back main event. Oh, good for I him. I mean, Umberto and, <laughs> Umberto and Angel Garza debuted one day and did beautifully. Yeah. Shout out to Janae because she's the one who was talking about that. I think it was last week. She's been talking about it for a while. She's like, I want my Latin heartthrob tag team and they fucking were. Oh my god. They, they, they were bombed together. She was going off on Twitter. Stay okay. Oh, come on! He's just mad that Ali and Mansoor lost. That's why. (laughs) I still don't like them other cats, though. Lucha House Party? Them too. You don't have to like Lucha House Party. I don't care. That's right. (laughs) I can't stand them. (laughs) I 
think like because that's why i remember when the undertaker came out and he was started talking about like how the locker rooms changed well it's not because the locker rooms change it's because times change because guys who are married and who actually love their wives <clears throat> mark uh, they want them to come out on the road with them. They like if they they have kids and their kids are off from summer, you know, like, hey, let's take the kids out on the road for a couple of weeks. They don't have school. In Lacey's case, she homeschools her kids. So her daughter comes with her everywhere. Yeah. She, when, you know, they were going around and people want to bring their wives. They want to bring their husbands. They want to bring their girlfriends, their kids, whatever. And I mean, like, some of them are, are not, some of them just want an environment where it's not cutthroat. It's not exactly. just everybody, you know, trying to kill each other and trying to get on TV with like daily. It's easier when you work together. Right. You make it harder when you're trying to fight each other for positions. On and that's, that's the biggest issue. You're on the road with these people 360 something days a week or 360 something days a year. And, you know, you, you want to try, you don't, you don't have to get along with everybody, but there, there needs to be like, you're already putting your body, your body's getting beaten, battered, mentally, physically, you're getting all battered up, you're away from your family. And these people, I mean, like you said, I mean, it becomes a family, you see them more than your actual fucking family. You don't have to get along and sing Kumbaya with every single one of them, but you at least got to make it to the point where it's like, there's like, you're not pulling out a gun and shooting somebody because you feel like they took your title shot or something. That probably fucking happened long back in the day too. I wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> bitch behavior. It is bitch behavior. I, I just like how Shayna came out with the Undertaker. She's like, I got guns and knives. Here. And what? I'm like, I'm riding with her because she's got weapons. I feel safe. <laughs> She don't even need him. And that's the great thing. She don't need him. She, she's, a, she's amazing. I love her. <laughs> uh, sorry. They're speaking to Shayna. Hey, uh, what's her name now? But um, she's she had to get a new account. But she was like, if... What did she say? If Naya tried shoot fighting with... Shayna, the way she did with Charlotte, she would have been doing bump drills with Yokozuna. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, man. <laughs> what is that Terry Titty girl that used to be big? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. So there's on the internet tripping. I, I love her though. She just, she don't care. <laughs> she was calling out a GG today. She goes, GG, uh, stay away from my Twitter. This isn't a safe space for you. Hell no. Fucking like, oh my God. You know who, the, you know, who, like I've, I'll one last thing and then we'll, we'll get off here. You know who thinks he's a made man, but he's not? Xbox. No. I mean, he's, he's a trailer hitch. Yeah. No, he's more like a parasite. Let me, let me, Next time we do roast, next time we do roast, we're doing X Pac because uh, I got some shit to say to him. And Jr. Because I ain't off his ass either. Clayface gonna get to work. Mm-hmm. Especially the shit that they both did to China. They're gonna catch hands on this shit. Tommy Dreamer too. I think the 
the who thinks he's a main man but he's not is Cody. Oh God! Not Cody. Homelander! Oh my gosh! <laughs> not Homelander! Okay, okay, okay. If y'all have not seen it on A AEW's uh, Instagram, one of them, because it seems like they got like twenty thousand fucking Instagrams over there, they put the uh, poster for their reality show. What is it called? Like Roads to the Top or something like that? Something cringe-tastic. Anyway. He looks like fucking Homelander. And then, like, the people underneath the comments, those, com- those people have no shit. They're just like, why are we seeing Homelander and his wife? I was just like, well, like, I'm just, oh, shit. I mean, he wants to be a main man in wrestling so fucking bad, but he's not. He's not. He thinks he is, but he's not. Besides. <laughs> Let him have it. <laughs> you know, if that's the only thing that he's got going right now, I'll let him have it. But like, besides Jericho, who in AEW would y'all consider a made man or woman? I feel like they don't have people yet for it. I still say Jericho is one. I feel like he can't count, though. Why? Because he's just one in, just, in wrestling in general. Overall, he's not like a- Yeah. Grown AW man, yeah. Well, maybe it's Ricky Starks. I mean, he says he's homegrown AW talent. Ricky Starks can suck a big one. Now, Ricky, I really liked you, but you out here, <laughs> you being real ignorant. And I, um, how I, I mean, my thing is, if he wants to say he is, I, I'm not gonna take that from him. If that's what he feels like, obviously he wrestled at other places, and he doesn't really, he doesn't owe anybody anything. Um, I think I said this before in the chat and I feel like, and I mean, I kind of would too. I feel like he always felt a certain type of way because he never really got popping on the indies. Like I felt like he should sort of, or he felt like he should, but at the same time, I'm like, he was always a TV person to me. Mm-hmm. Even when I was seeing him on indies, I was like, he got to be on TV somewhere. But he was like, he was on NWA, and that's like where we first found out about him. Because I was like, you guys gotta watch this guy. He's been looking. Yeah, like, yeah. But if he real- doesn't want to acknowledge him, like he doesn't have to. Like that's how I feel about it. I'm like, you, whatever trail, trailing, trailing, training, or where you come from, and what you want to acknowledge, that is a okay for you. Because that's your journey, and I'm not gonna take that. So it's like, I don't care if he wants to say that he is. He isn't. Like obviously, we all know that he's not, but. It's like, okay, whatever. You do you. I just don't like it that he was sitting here, sitting up there dissing NWA, and it's just like, like, look, I know NWA ain't perfect either, but they're, to me, they're like New Japan. They're, they're, they're one of those staples that if you get, because like back in the day, NWA was invitational only. They wanted like the best of the best at the time. And I mean, like, to me, that's, like, he he's insulting NWA, and that's, like, a fucking, dis- that's so disrespectful in my book. I, think my- I feel like I don't feel a certain type of way about it, because especially the way that they held a lot of those people's contracts hostage during the pandemic, that's when they knew there was hardly anything for them to do. Right. And also having your women's championship. Well, mind you, it's back on an NWA person 
you had your end you had your women's championship on someone who was signed to another company and then before that you had your champion who was said defending it on AEW all the time on top of their ex-co-CEO who was had so many problems and the thing with Cornette and just not really caring about that in general so yes like I do have some respect for L um NWA but also it's like they're not above like some shady shit that they've done this year and in general that's why in his situation like I I'm not I'm not telling him how he should feel about NWA because I don't know what he went through there so that part about it that's irrelevant to me I I'm not gonna give my opinion on that at all he can feel how he wants to feel about NWA the reason why I, I just, I generally don't think of him as homegrown AEW talent is because he wasn't introduced to me that way. The, I knew of him before AEW and his name always came up. And even before you guys were talking about him, it was, he was, he was somebody that was always talked about how he would do great in WWE. And then when AEW sprung up, there was like, he would really be a good fixture in AEW. So for me, I don't regard him as AEW talent because he didn't blow up there. And I was just like, I mean, are you seen on AEW? Sure. Most people who watch you there, for sure, would be like, that's where I was introduced to him from. But if you're going to talk about, like, homegrown talent, for me, I, even though Orange Cassidy was well widely known before AEW amongst the indie scene, I saw him as homegrown AEW talent. Um but there's not a lot of homegrown talent in AEW. There's some new guys coming in now that you see that worked hard on Dark and are getting opportunities on Dynamite, and they're slowly but surely building them. But that is taking, it's a long time coming, to put it that way. Sure. So there's not a lot of homegrown talent. There's like one or two people that will be homegrown. Like I consider Nyla Rose to be homegrown talent. Um, it it's a rarity you'll find somebody on on AEW who started on Dark and ended up on Dynamite and became a star. Like that's that's a diamond in the rough. So I don't know. I don't see him as homegrown time, but that's my personal opinion. In most cases, Nicole is right. He has a right to feel how he wants to feel, but it just comes across real condescending how he says it. It's, it comes across real snarky. Like, for those of you who want to know, I'm homegrown talent. I'm homegrown Aiden Italian in the discussion. I was like, okay, who asked? Nobody. Did you ask? Hmm. I was like, I didn't know nobody asked you. But okay. Give your best life, fam. Oh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, this, I mean, wrestling's not going to change overnight. We have definitely seen a very vast improvement of the locker room itself and the talent that's coming through the doors right now. And um, 
I mean, the only thing you can do is change from here and then behavior like what we've seen, the men that we've talked about in RVD don't think you're getting off scot-free either because you're fucking changing your story now too. So fuck you too. Um, but, you know, the, the fallout's going to be crazy. I think the fallout's going to continue and um, people are just going to expect uh, wrestlers to behave better. And y'all are grown. Y'all are fucking grown ass people. You really sitting up here fucking acting like this, treating people like this. Y'all are grown. And I'm going to tell you something my mama told me, and then I'm going to let Tiff and Nicole have their last days, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. You think you're big and bad and untouchable and almighty until, and the biggest fish in the pond. It'll be okay until that motherfucking Megalodon shark comes and beats the shit out of you and gobbles you up in one bite. <laughs> and no one's gonna remember your ass anymore. Damn! Oh my gosh! <laughs> the way you gotta see about it. But stop being dicks. Be adults. And own up to your mistakes in life. You guys got any closing words? There's a difference between accountability and canceling, and demanding someone be accountable, and letting them be accountable are two different things. Y'all just, all y'all, a lot of this backlash that's coming is really from the wrestling fans and how they're reacting. Because from what I saw amongst, it was a small amount of wrestlers who were like, you know, defending Dreamer and, you know, defending Flair. But there was a lot of people who were just like, I'm truly disgusted by this. I didn't know it was to this extent. And neither did I. And it just... Y'all fans and some of y'all who defended Flair and Dreamer, y'all got to do better. Y'all really do. And I expect better from grown men, but it's clear y'all not adults. Y'all are children. So until the wrestling community as a whole learns how to deal with the problems and and make sure that people are held accountable, this kind of shit is still going to happen. Unless people like me and you and Alexis and everybody else speak up about it. This kind of shit is going to continue to run rampant. Y'all just got to do better. Um, agree. So, um, sexual assault and sexual abuse and general disrespect of women isn't going to change until the industry and the whole starts respecting them more. And this goes all the way down to the fans who feel like they have agency over the women's bodies just because they buy a picture or bought a ticket or bought a t-shirt and stuff. It's just having just, you do not own these people. They are not pets. They are human beings who do a job. You do not have agency over them. And until people start getting out of that delusion, nothing is going to change. Very well put. Well, on that note, that's all we got. We ain't got no more. So I want to thank Tiff and Nicole for coming back. Janae, uh, apparently, well, we'll get Janae to come in and do something later. <laughs> um, she's been dealing with some stuff. I want to thank y'all so much for coming on the show and having this conversation. And if y'all want to continue the conversation, head over to our Twitter, head over to our Instagram. And let's keep the conversation going because wrestling fans, 
you would be surprised that people forgot about everything that went down last year. <sighs> you know how many people I had to remind about Darby Allen? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that got swept really under the rug anyways, but... Of course it did. So, us as wrestling fans, part of us is doing better is remembering this shit. Especially with guys like Darby Allen, Will Offspray, like the guys that we don't need to give them any breathing room. Let's try to make them uncomfortable as possible. Well, let's continue the conversation over on Twitter. Y'all can even, if y'all want to fight, let's go. <laughs> okay, because... I ain't gonna fight you. I'm just gonna block you. I don't give a shit. I'm sick of this. Just, just saying. You know, y'all don't need to keep forgetting this shit. Just remember, we're not saying not to be fans of people, but you need to start holding people responsibility for their actions, famous or not. Because just because they're famous doesn't mean they should get away with shit. Period. But you guys want to continue the conversation? Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're usually more active on Twitter. Instagram is where we post the serious stuff, and Twitter is where we just like to talk to shit and interact with everybody. Uh, if you guys have a topic for a show that you want us to go over, if you have a name that you think needs to go to court and get dragged through the dirt like it deserves, let us know, because we love doing that. And I think it's therapeutic not only for us, but for a lot of people who listen to the show. <laughs> and they're like finally people who have the same sense that I do and they're what and they're not being buried under stands and whatever uh am I missing anything nope all right I'm tired I gotta go take my kid to school tomorrow and I gotta work tomorrow so thank y'all so much for listening this is what happened was the follow-up the final chapter of the plane ride from hell and for Tiff and Nicole. I am Alexis and thank y'all so much. Have a great rest of your night, day, whatever. We don't yeah, care. Okay, Good night. Peace. <laughs> Make sure you guys follow us on our social media and um we will be back next week with the roast sessions. If you have a particular person you want us to roast, please, please, please send us a message on our Instagram or on our Twitter at D4TC underscore podcast is the Instagram and at down for the count 19 is our Twitter. Okay. We'll see you guys next time.